Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. All right. You guys look amazing. Oh, my goodness. Hmm. So, do, does anyone know who Eric Thomas is? The goat of goats? He's a motivational speaker. The hip-hop preacher, yeah. <laughs> Listen to him all the time. This is like my morning coffee because I don't really drink coffee. Um, so, what I like to do sometimes when I wake up in a funk, when I just, I'm like, oh, thank you, God, for another day, but dang, like, I got to go after it, you know? And sometimes you just need that extra oomph, right? So I turn on motivational speakers on YouTube. That's my thing. And I, uh, I love Eric Thomas. I love David Goggins. I love me some David Goggins. Uh, Michael Beth- Beckwith. Um, so many good speakers out there. But there's something that Eric Thomas said this week, and I was like, oh, He's, he's talking to me, and now he's talking to Hartway because I'm going to tell y'all what he said. Um, but he said, it's very easy for most of us to believe in God. We get on our knees, we pray, we, we worship, do all the beautiful things we give back. But it's very difficult for most of us to believe in the person that God has sculpted us to be. And so we believe in God. We, we read the scripture, we go out, we do the dang thing. But then sometimes we look in the mirror and we're like, dang, you put that really big vision in my heart. And I don't know if I am capable of that. We doubt ourselves. We sometimes sit in moments of a lack of self-awareness of who we truly are. But then when I listen to these speakers, I'm like, Well, these people have come from the bottom of the bottom, right? They have really climbed the mountain to be where they are today. And I see myself in all of these people. I see my strength in all of them. I see myself in all of you right now. That's why I like to get on stage and just take a, I literally look at every single face and I'm like, yeah, I see myself in you right there. Especially that great jacket. I love it. (laughs) So I just want you to focus on the vision that God has instilled within your heart because there is something within you that has been tugging at your spirit. And you know what I'm talking about. There is that one thing that you have within you that maybe you just push to the side. Maybe you've been pushing it to the side for a day, a month, a year, whatever it could be. It could be an apology that needs to be made. It can be forgiveness that needs to be sought after, maybe within your heart towards yourself. We forgive others quickly, but how quickly can we forgive ourselves? Maybe there's a prayer that needs to be said. Maybe it is surrendering and getting on our knees and praying. Maybe it's a dream, it's a vision, it's starting that business. You know what I'm talking about, right? Maybe it is going for that walk or that workout. Maybe it is hugging our loved ones a little bit tighter. Or maybe it's just waking up every single day and looking in the mirror and saying, damn, I am freaking awesome. God lives within me. He's given me this vision. Nobody else sees that vision the way that you see that vision in your mind. That vision in your heart is instilled within you. I know you can feel it through every single vertebrae. 
And so as we invite God into our hearts, I just want you to pull that vision from the depth of your soul, the one we suppress because sometimes we forget how capable we are. And I want you to shed light on it. And I want you to ask the universe for help today. And then I want you to go after it. And I also think we believe that we have to do it all in one day. So we think that the little steps don't count. But the most important step is taking that first step and understanding that with every single step that you take, you are becoming closer and closer and closer to that dream, to that vision, to that goal, to God, and most importantly, to yourself, to your soul. Amen. May we close our eyes, plant your feet firmly on the ground. Mm. Palms up on your lap if you are willing and ready to receive. Palms down if you need some grounding energy, possibly if you are in a state of anxiety or depression or fear, confusion. Ground into this moment. Elevate your spine. Sit up straight and tall. Relax your shoulders. Connect your crown to the heavens above. You are a king. You are a queen. You are powerful. You are royalty. You are worthy. Don't forget that. Roll your necks if you wish, if you feel called. We're gonna do something a little bit different. Deep breath in through the nostrils and release anything that's standing in your way. Beautiful. So let's create this energetic vortex together as we breathe in through the nostrils and we release out through the mouth together. Beautiful in through the nostrils as slow as you can and release all of it out through the mouth beautiful find a little stillness set your intention give your intention a color Imagine it being wrapped in a bright light. Bring that intention and that color to your heart and seal it within your own being. And in your own space, I want you to tighten all parts of you. I want you to clench your fist if you need to. Clench your jaw, clench your muscles, your feet, your legs, your thighs, your buttocks, your abs, clench everything, clench your arms, clench your fist. Feel that tension and let it go. And breathe. Just breathe, just be in the moment. Ask the universe for help. You have come so far. You have learned to ask for help from people when you need it. You have learned to ask God, God as you understand God, for help too. Now you are entering into a relationship with the universe an active, vital, living relationship. 
Now you can learn to ask the universe for help as well. Talk to the universe. Talk aloud if you can. Say, show me, guide me, lead me, help me. This is what I want. This is what I need. Say, show me which road to follow, where to go, and what to do. Yes, talk to people, talk to God. They are part of the universe and world we live in, but talk aloud to the universe too. Then listen to your inner voice. Hear what it says and trust what you hear. Answers come in many ways, from many sources, many places. But if the answer is right for you, your heart will know and it will feel true. Talk to the universe, ask for help, then listen to your heart because that quiet voice, the one in your heart, is how the universe talks to you. So trust your inner voice, trust how powerful you are. I believe in you. Deep inhale through the nose and we hold it at the crown for three, two, one, and we release. That intention, that light. I want you to see this light flow through your entire body. From the soles of your feet, that light enters your body. It heals all parts of you. It enters your calves, your knees, your thighs, your pelvis. Feel as that light flows up your spine all the way to the crown, to the third eye. Feel as that light fills your face. It comes back down, it fills your throat. This intention comes down, it fills your heart your mind, your soul, you are covered in this intention. By the grace of God, this vision is yours. It comes all the way back down, down to your feet. And we seal that light of God's love within your heart, your mind, your soul. And one more time, we breathe together. Deep inhale, hold it as long as you can. Vision something that is in the way of you and your dream. And with this exhale, let it go. Beautiful. When you are ready, you may come back into your body. You may open your eyes. But most of all, open your heart. I love you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Good morning, everybody. Another Sunday. It's almost February. Second month of the year. Before you know it, 2024. It's going to be our eighth anniversary. No, I'm just kidding. It's going to be Christmas time again. I'm no, just kidding. Slow down. Everybody's like, nah, we're not on that, bro. Relax. Boo. Get this guy off stage. Come on, guys. Time is an illusion. It's all happening all at once spontaneously. Gosh. Well, I'm very grateful to be here with you all. I love and I want to just remember and rehearse uh, what my brother Ray said when he came up here talking about the men's retreat and what happened inside of him. He said, I came with an open mind and I left with an open heart. I love that. I love that. I think that's a lot of people's experience when they come to Heartway. If you come with an open mind and being here will require an open mind from most of us, <laughs> okay? Because we're trying to create unity and diversity and so that means there's going to be difference of opinion and difference of ideology and difference of philosophy and theology all coming together in one room different political views what what how are we going to have community 
Well, if we don't learn how to do that here, we ain't going to do it out there. So this is the practice ground where you learn how to build patience and tolerance and compassion towards other people. And so in light of all of this, I just want to say come with an open mind. You may leave with an open heart. And your ability to expand your heart in this way will allow you to connect more deeply with other people and experience ultimately a more fulfilling life. So this morning, the title of my message is Our Human Dilemma. There are lots of different philosophies, attitudes, thoughts, beliefs, ideas about what the human dilemma is. Religion has given us one way of thinking about the human dilemma. And it begins with this word called sin. Human beings are sinful. We do bad, evil, harmful things. And so what is most necessary is that the human being comes to realize that they're doing bad. They're doing harm in the sight of God. And once they can recognize that, they can receive forgiveness, change their ways, and become better people in this world. That's one way of understanding the human dilemma. And there's a lot of good that can be taken from that. However, I want to give you a more fuller picture of the human dilemma by introducing and integrating into our conversation a more psychologically inclined approach to the human dilemma. As opposed to the religious approach, psychology begins not with sin, but with another word called trauma. And what we learn as we investigate what trauma is and its effect on our lives is that before we harm anybody else, harm has first been done to us. And we as human beings tend to perpetuate these cycles. Like they say, hurt people, hurt people. We all experience trauma in our own way, shape, or form. The root word for trauma actually means wound. So it speaks to this notion that we all carry these deeply embedded wounds as a result of the shocking and oftentimes overbearing events that we have to experience in our lives. Something becomes traumatic when you're overwhelmed by it and you can't process your emotions in the moment as something is happening to you. And so eventually we start to compartmentalize and hide and not really address those things that have occurred to us because there's so much pain associated with it that we don't want anything to do with it. If we get anywhere close to that, we'll just start breaking out in our emotion that we cannot control and life is gonna feel like it's spiraling downward. So what do we do with these wounds that we carry? You know, first, it's important to recognize that these wounds are common to us all. All of us experience trauma because life is inherently traumatic. We live in a universe where anything can happen at any time to any of us. That's traumatic. And the fact that life is constantly changing, things are constantly shifting, can have a traumatic effect on us. So first things first is, this is common to humanity. All of us experience traumatic things. All of us carry wounds. Life itself is inherently traumatic. So if you had parents that really didn't love you or who weren't emotionally available to you, Maybe it's hard for you to feel lovable. Maybe it's hard for you to feel worthwhile. If you were abused, if you were bullied, if you felt excluded and rejected growing up as a kid, it may be hard for you to find a sense of self-worth and confidence even as an adult many years later, all because of wounds that you carry from the early days of your youth. What's interesting to me is that this topic of conversation, trauma, it's actually an intergenerational thing. And the scriptures speak to this. Look at this passage of scripture here. The iniquities of the fathers are visited upon the sons and daughters unto the third and fourth generation. 
The idea being unresolved issues get passed along from generation to generation. There are things that you're dealing with. There are ways that you are wired in your personality that go far beyond even your lifetime. This is stuff that you have inherited. So the best thing that you can do for your family and for your future lineage is to be the most healthiest version of who you are, to deal with your stuff. In a lot of ways, most of humanity's problems, I think it can be said, stem from and begin in the family unit. Because we don't have healthy families, we don't have healthy individuals, and as a result of not being healthy individuals, we have a very unhealthy society. And the effect of this on our lives is, is tough. Oftentimes, tr trauma that we carry causes us to disconnect from others. We disconnect from ourselves. Uh, we distrust other people. We distrust ourselves. Some of us, when the situation's too good with a friend or a partner, we don't trust it. We think something's up their sleeve. Really? Anybody ever been in a situation like that? Maybe you've been on the receiving end of it. Maybe you've been the one that's been like, eh, I don't know. You want something from me, don't you? You're acting too nice because that's not how it works. You know, you distrust people. And so you self-sabotage a lot of great things because you don't trust it. That's the effect that trauma can have on our life. Also, this affects us physiologically, like our bodies. We feel unsafe in our, in our bodies. Our emotions end up overtaking us. And all of this puts us in what is called survival mode. When you live in survival mode, you are always threatened. You are always feeling defensive. You feel like you have to protect yourself at all costs because nobody ever did protect you. So it's totally up to you. But to live constantly feeling like your existence is being threatened, to live defensively is a very difficult way to live. It's a very, it's a very hard way to live, which is why the journey towards God involves relinquishing your life and entrusting your survival to God so that you can say whatever happens to this body is God's business. Whatever other people think of me is their business. I am literally entrusting my life to God. You face the reality of the finitude of your life. You face the reality of death and you entrust your very survival. You relinquish your life into the hands of God. A lot easier said than done, but if we constantly practice this act of surrender, we will begin to feel safer in our bodies. We will be able to calm ourselves down and regulate our emotions in those moments when we feel triggered, when we feel like uh, someone is coming for us and our very identity, our survival is being threatened. And you're able to just Ground yourself and root yourself back in the present moment, reminding yourself that it's okay. I'm okay. Things are okay. I don't always have to operate in survival mode. Once you start growing in your understanding of your own life story, the things that have happened to you, how your experiences have shaped you to be the kind of person that you are, when you look at other people and when you deal with difficult people, you're no longer asking the question, what's wrong with you? Now you start asking, what happened to you? And not in a judgmental way, because you can weaponize that too. What happened to you? You must have gone through something in your life because you coming at me sideways. Well, you need to deal with, you need to go see a therapist and deal with your trauma because Danny at Heartway told me. No, don't be weaponizing this stuff now. Okay, don't weaponize that either. But there's a difference, if you can hear the heart that this is coming from, there's a difference between somebody comes at you sideways or they did something that you don't like and you first think, what's wrong with you? There's a difference between saying, what's wrong with you? And saying, what happened? What happened? When you begin to understand how your harmful behavior comes from these deep wounds that you carry, you'll be able to see that same truth 
in the lives of other people. You'll recognize where harmful behavior comes from in others because you know where it comes from within yourself. It's, it's, it's trauma. It's this woundedness. It's all this baggage that I've been carrying. That's why I lash out. Most of the times when people lash out at you, it's not really about you. You think that person at work who was snappy with you actually has an issue with you? Maybe they do, but maybe it's bigger than just you, and they've been carrying stuff for who knows how long, or they had a bunch of interactions earlier that day, and you happen to be the person now that they let out all this rage against. What happened? That enables you to now feel compassion towards other people instead of just judging them because look at the way that they're acting with compassion and empathy. You're able to look beneath the surface of what's going on to the core of the issue. There's woundedness there. And so I can be gentle. I can be patient. I can be kind. I can meet this person where they are. And I can maintain my peace. People won't disrupt your peace as much if you don't give them that power. And one way that you maintain your power and capability to stay rooted in a state of peace is by not taking things personally. It's not always about me. If someone feels the need to act out in a certain way towards me, it's probably because they've got some stuff that they're dealing with. And it's not my job to point that out at all. I'm just aware of it, and that now allows me to act compassionately towards them. But the bottom line is, whatever it is that you're dealing with, the baggage in your life, the wounds that you carry in your heart and mind, it's not just going to disappear. It's not just going to go away. That stuff needs to be expressed. It has to be communicated. You've got to let other people in. Denial doesn't work. It may protect you for a little while. It may be the only way that you know how to deal with it and that's how you get through. But eventually, that trauma that you're trying to bury will resurface every time. And it will affect how you relate to other people, how you think about yourself, how you communicate with others, the way you are in this world. And it'll do so unconsciously. All of this wounding that you haven't tended to will unconsciously direct your life and dictate the way that you operate in this world. You got to get it out. All of us have a story that needs to be told. And oftentimes we can't process through this stuff on our own. If we could have done it on our own, we would have done it on our own. So we've got to actually reach out to a mental health professional. We've got to reach out to a therapist. We've got to reach out to a spiritual mentor or leader. A pastor? You know, I can help kind of sometimes in my own way. There are resources available to you, even here in our own community. You don't got to look that far. You can just find what you're looking for here in our community. We have professionals that are available to help you work through stuff. But the bottom line is, we all have a need to be seen. We all have a need to feel validated. Sometimes we just need someone to say, I believe you. And that in itself causes such a huge weight to fall off of us. I believe you. I believe your story. Because I've tried to share this with other people and they don't get it. They don't get it. And to feel like you're not seen, to feel like you're not heard, to feel like you're not understood and validated. By the way, this is one of the greatest gifts that you can give to another human being. It's to look at them, make space for, for all of their emotion, all of their story, to look at them in the eyes and say, I see you. I understand where you're coming from. I affirm you. I validate you. I believe you. That's how you begin to gain strength as an individual. If you can't give this to yourself, it starts by receiving it from other people. Get the support, the help, the comfort, the validation, the reassurance from others. Then you'll be able to start giving that same kind of love and compassion to yourself. Look at this quote from Mr. Rogers. <laughs> hey, he was a pretty solid dude. Somebody in the back said, legend. 
Anything that's human is mentionable. And anything that is mentionable can be more manageable. When we can talk about our feelings, they become less overwhelming, less upsetting, and less scary. The people we trust with that important talk can help us know that we are not alone. This is exactly the whole thing right here. If it's human, it's mentionable. And if it's mentionable, it's manageable. Don't keep it to yourself anymore. Don't hold it in now. You don't got to share your story with everybody. Sometimes you can overshare or you share something with the wrong person and it ends up biting you in the butt. Sometimes it feels like you're throwing pearls before swine because these people, yeah, you told them your story, but they, they don't see you. They don't see you for who you are. You know, they don't really get it. And so you can, you can be a little discerning with who it is you you share your truth with, but share it with somebody. Mention it to somebody. Invite other people into this process. That's how healing can begin. And there's two aspects of our humanity that desperately need to be healed if we're going to uh, transform our wounds into um, healing channels and vessels in the world. The first is healing our memories. It's so important to heal your memory, to, to go back to what happened, to revisit what occurred. And from a different perspective, to be able to reframe what happened, to be able to reframe your narrative and your story. The way I like to think about it is you, you got to find a way to connect your story to God's overarching story for your life. How can I connect my story to God's overarching story in my life? In the Gospel of John, the Gospel writer introduces this ancient Greek philosophical concept known as the Logos. Logos literally means reason or logic. And what the philosophers used to say, and the earliest Christians appropriated this language and this philosophy and applied it to Jesus, Jesus being the incarnation, the embodiment of the divine logic and the divine intelligence, the divine wisdom in human form. This is what uh, God's wisdom looks like in a human. So they, they appropriated it in that way. But the idea of the logos is that there is an organizing principle at work in the universe. Everything in the universe operates and is arranged according to a divine intelligence. There is a divine logic that underlies the structure of reality. And it's interesting because there's a lot of folks who they have mystical experiences and they talk about seeing like geometrical shapes. I've heard uh, philosophers talk about the fact that everything is numbers. Everything is patterns. Aristotle said the principles of Math are the principles of reality. To me, this points to the fact that there is a divine pattern, a divine logic that undergirds everything in our universe. So even when things seem chaotic, there's actually divine logic behind it. Even when things seem uh, scattered and out of place, they're actually in perfect divine order. So if you can learn how to recognize the divine pattern that is unfolding in your life, if you can become aware of the thread that God has been weaving through all of the different experiences of your life, if you can tie your story to God's overarching story, you can heal your memories. You can reframe your life perspective. You can walk into the fullness of everything you were created to be. And it's all about just changing your story. Changing your story to match God's overarching story. And God's overarching story is this is a universe full of synchronicities. Nothing out of place. Nothing random. Totally appears random. 
totally appears spontaneous, totally appears chaotic, but there is divine structure and order. There is a divine logic behind everything that happens. So can you trust in that? Even when you can't see it, we walk by faith, not by sight. So you can't see it. It doesn't make sense. How can my life have unfolded like this? How could this have happened to this person? Can you trust that there is a divine logic at work behind everything that happens? You may not be able to explain it, and that's totally okay. If you have to explain it all, good luck. Good luck. You're going to be miserable for a long time. Be okay with no explanation, with no reason. Trust in the divine logic. Pick up on the universal divine patterns that are at work in your life and in your story. So that's healing your memories. The other aspect of healing involves healing your, your body. Emotion that is not dealt with gets lodged in your body. So what would it look like if you started to pay attention a little more to what your body is telling you? As much growth and transformation that I have experienced in my own life, there are still residues of my old way of being that remain with me in my body, my, my own physical reactions to stuff that happened. And I have to attend to that. My story and my narrative's already changed. I see things for what they are, but my body is still used to reacting in a certain way. So I've been in situations where conflict is occurring between me and another person, and I, I get tense. I get, I get like nervous, like shaky. And I have to ground myself in the present moment, pay attention to my body, and remind myself it's okay. It's okay that this other person doesn't like you, buddy. You'll be fine. Little bit of conflict never hurt nobody. It could be fun. Have fun with it. <laughs> That's just how it is. What is your body telling you? Become aware of the different sensations that you feel when you are triggered. And instead of getting lost in your mental chatter and in your story about what happened or what that person did to you, just... Focus on your body. Work with the energy that's there. Ignore the thoughts. Work with the emotion. Let it flow through you. Make space for it. Be okay with it. Understand why it's there. Listen to the message that is there to communicate to you. Look at this uh, wonderful quote I came across. All emotions, even those that are suppressed and unexpressed, have physical effects. Unexpressed emotions tend to stay in the body like small ticking time bombs. They are illnesses in incubation. Right? So again, you may outgrow certain limited mindsets and perspectives, but your body still needs to experience some healing. Bring attention, bring awareness to what your body is saying to you and give expression to those emotions that have been so pent up. The problem is we're afraid to go to some of these places because we don't like the physical reactions. We don't like the stuff that happens. But uh, like one teacher says, the treasure that you seek is in the cave you're afraid to go in. You got to go to those places. You got to revisit those moments that have marked you and wounded you. When you're ready, only when you're ready. There's no rush at all. When you're ready, when you want to, invite God into this process of going back and reprocessing all of this stuff that has deeply wounded you. And help these emotions. Every emotion has a right to live. If you have denied yourself the opportunity to experience the fullness of what you feel, you're robbing yourself. You're robbing yourself of an experience that could lead to deep transformation. Every emotion has a right to live. So one teacher by the name of Eckhart Tolle suggests this spiritual practice of inner body awareness. 
The idea is to shift your attention from your thinking to the inner energy field of your body, to just become aware of your body. In the same way that we constantly talk about bringing awareness to your breath, because you can't breathe in the past and you can't breathe in the future, if you want to escape the prison of your mind, the way you do that is by getting anchored in the present moment. And guess what? Your body can only be right here, right now. So how can I become more deeply rooted and grounded by cultivating an awareness of my body? This begins to help you quiet your mental chatter. We don't always have to be thinking all the time. You can take a little break, but it's a skill that you have to develop. It's meditation. And what better thing than to use your breath and your body as tools for your meditation practice so that you can become more anchored in the now. Look at how, how Eckhart puts it. If you keep your attention in the body as much as possible, you will be anchored in the now. You won't lose yourself in the external world and you won't lose yourself in your mind. Thoughts and emotions will still be there to some extent, but they won't take you over. Last year, uh, during the men's retreat that we did, uh, Raphael led us in this wonderful uh, meditation experience. What was that called again? Present moment, awareness. Present moment awareness. And the whole idea behind that is to get in touch with your senses. What are you observing? What are you smelling? You know, how does it feel to have your, your feet on the ground? Just to get rooted in your body as a way of helping you Quiet your mental chatter and give energy to something other than your thinking. You can do this right now. You just become a witness. You become more observant. And hopefully you can begin to carry this consciousness into every activity that you do. That's what this whole thing is from beginning to end. That's how your life becomes a prayer. You just become a witness to all of it, to all of it, to all of it, to all of it. The issue is, for a lot of us, we've just received a diagnosis from a doctor or something. Oh, you've got this problem. And we think that that's an explanation for why we are the way that we are. But that diagnosis that you received is really just the manifestation of this deeper wound, this trauma that has not been dealt with. So if we only deal with what's happening on the surface and we never get deep down to the roots, if all we do is take the medication and think that that'll solve the whole problem, it'll help the problem. But if we think that that'll solve the whole problem, uh-uh, you gotta dig a little bit deeper. You gotta face what's there. So, as I always say, healing is possible if you are willing to take full responsibility for your involvement in the healing process. There's uh, a lady, I forget her actual name, oh, Nicole LaPera. She on Instagram is the holistic psychologist. She's got some really cool things. And she actually has a group of people that she works with and she calls like this club or whatever, the self-healers club or whatever. I don't know what she calls it, but I like the phrase self-healer. Self-healer. It is in your power to heal yourself. You are not a passive recipient of healing. You are an active participant in your healing. Right? We are co-creators with God. Sometimes God can just snap the fingers and do a miracle and you're changed from one moment to the next. But oftentimes, God takes a step, you take a step. You work together. In tandem, which is why Jesus oftentimes would say to people after he healed them, it's your faith that has healed you. It's your faith that has healed you. So you are an active participant in this process, not just a passive recipient. It does no good just to point the other finger uh, or point the finger at other people or to just... Blame all the stuff that happened to you for your life being the way that it is. That's so disempowering. Yes, you had no control over all that stuff that happened to you. But now you have a part to play in what continues to occur. Where am I going to go from here? 
And it's always possible to turn a new leaf. It's always possible to start a new chapter. And I want to end by pointing you to this verse about Jesus. Look at how the scriptures describe Jesus. They said, He was despised and rejected by others, a man of sorrows, and this is what I want to highlight, intimately acquainted with suffering. To become intimately acquainted with suffering. The greatest spiritual teacher in your life is your suffering. If you want to know what God is saying to you, if you want to figure out where to go from here, what the messages that God has been trying to get you to download, it is found in your suffering. Your suffering is your greatest teacher. Have you become acquainted with it yet? Or are you running away from it? Are you blaming other people for all the suffering that you're going through? Right? To be acquainted with suffering means you're not afraid of it. You're not afraid of it. So... If sadness comes and visits your home today, welcome sadness. I guess I'm sad today. <laughs> but you don't identify it. You are not your sadness. You may feel that right now. If you make space for it, if you observe it and become detached from it, you'll see that it will come and it will go. By resisting it, you reinforce it. And it continues to stay. But if you open up your mind and your heart and you welcome it like a guest in your home, it'll teach you what it needs to teach you and it will go away on its own. And if it visits again tomorrow, then hey, sadness, here you are again. But I'm acquainted with you. This is not unfamiliar territory anymore. So if I feel anger, if I feel stress, if I feel anxiety, this isn't a foreigner invading my home. No. Welcome. I understand. I'm befriending you now. I'm not against you anymore. I'm listening. What are you here for? Where is their misalignment? This becomes a tool for my prayer practice. All of that emotion, the, the, the anger and the stress and the depression and the sa sadness and the anxiety just becomes another tool for my meditation practice. It's just another reminder. You're not here now. You're lost in the future that does not exist. You're lost in the past, which is completely over. By the way, some of us have to grieve what we thought our life was going to look like. Some of us got to let go of the hope that the past could have been different than what it was. Impossible. Impossible. The past is destiny. The future is infinite possibility. What happened back there, I can do nothing about. And it is the way that it had to be. Why, Danny? Why so rigid about that? Because if you try and change the unchangeable, you're going to be stuck in a prison cell. You can't do anything about it. So as soon as something happens, in my mind, it had to be that way. There's no other way that it could have been. Not only do I accept it and agree with it and embrace it, but I see the good in it. I see the good in it. So nobody comes, can come to me and say, I feel so sorry for you for all the things that you've been through. Well, I appreciate that, but I don't feel sorry for me. <laughs> that had to happen exactly the way that it did. And then when you look forward to the future, infinite possibility. Anything can happen. <laughs> it's really like a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a paradox in a lot of ways. I wanted to say a word, but... You know, it's a paradox. It's a paradox. But what a wonderful way to live, right, with this openness of heart and mind. So my prayer for you as you go about your week is that you would become more acclimated and acquainted with your own suffering. Don't fear it anymore. Engage it. Engage it. Listen to the message God has for you in it. 
and free yourself of these shackles. I love a metaphor that's used by uh, one Catholic priest. His name was Henry, Henry Nouwen. He wrote a book called The Wounded Healer. Those are the only kind of healers there are in this world, people. Wounded healers. I love that in the New Testament, Jesus, the, uh, Jesus after the resurrection is portrayed as having wounds in his hands. You can see the, the wounds there. Even after he's been resurrected. Totally new. Totally transformed. But the wounds stayed. This is a part of my story. And when you see my wounds, they'll heal you. That's what the scriptures say in the book of Isaiah too. By his wounds, we are healed. But there is a way to carry your wounds gracefully. You carry those wounds gracefully. Yeah, you may be walking with a limp. You may have gotten beat up here and there by life. But you're no victim to your life. You're no victim to your life. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are our healer and that you invite us into this healing process as active participants. Help us to move beyond denial towards acceptance and self-understanding and self-awareness. Help us to be able to reframe our stories and our narratives, to revisit that stuff that we've been running away from for so long. May we become acquainted with our suffering so that we can learn what it is you have for us in it. Help us to heal our memories to heal our bodies, to become more rooted and grounded in an awareness of our breath and our body so that we can be in this moment and not get lost in the negativity of our mind and not become overtaken by our emotions and so that we can become less reactive. And as we embody this calm, peaceful presence, we can learn and know what it feels like to walk in harmony with you. We thank you for your love, for your comfort, for your presence, for your guidance. And we welcome your assistance and your help on this journey. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Love you tremendously. Thank you for coming. And uh, we'll see you next Sunday.